0: The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a
1: highway
0: for our God. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare. The
1: The glory of our King, King, how excellent your name, in all of the earth, today we sing, the beauty of your ways, we can see your face.
0: Let freedom ring. Let the truth abound. Yes, God. Let there be an abundance of truth and therefore an abundance of freedom. Thank you. I restrict all that is contrary to truth. Let new ways be laid in hearts, highways be built tonight. Our fingers how to bring your people into the light. Do more than we can comprehend. Thank you. Amen. You may have your seats. You're welcome to this Wednesday Bible study, we gather because of him. There are sounds from heaven, they are sent to the earth, and they are given to people that are meant to give birth. Sounds. His words come to us like the rain. The words are sounds. Voice conveys it's conveyed by sound. Words are conveyed through sound. They can be conveyed through writing too. The primary way they emanate is through the mouth. Man does not live by only food. He lives by the sounds from heaven. When they come, life is imparted. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 6, that the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The words that he speaks, they are spirit, and they are life. As Isaiah fifty-five tells you, like the rain comes from heaven and the snow, and does not return void, but causes what ever is there to bud and flourish. Things begin to grow. That's how words work. Words work by causing there to be a flourishing of seed or whatever was comatose, what was just there, whatever was just quietly sitting in your heart. When words come, they trigger them, good or bad. Words are seeds, Matthew 13, but words are also rain. Words act like water, like moisture. So whenever... Words come. I'll give you an example. If growing up you were abused, I mean, insulted and called names, told things like you'll never be worth anything, you're a very stupid person, you look like someone that will never become anything in this world, and so on. You may have been five or seven or ten. Those are like seeds. From the first time you were told, and every time someone repeated it, It could be like water or like rain. But let's say a long time passed. You were no longer with that auntie or uncle for whatever reason. Five years passed. Six. And then where you were, you were doing seemingly well. You were doing well. You weren't bothered by many things. Nobody told you terrible things like that. No one said, you're nothing. People looked up to you and said, oh, she's doing well, you know, you know people admired you people made reference to you as someone who is worthy of emulation someone that might be copied and uh, then you traveled back to that family compound where you'd been and one of those aunties saw you and said ah neka <laughs> you are back mm. Look at her looking like someone that will be something, and the rain starts. Ancient seeds sitting down there begin to sprout. Anger sets in. Not this year. I've always said you're yeah, a useless guy. No guy, okay, a useless boy. You've brought out your uselessness here. Yeah. Those for my children. No one does is like prayer secretary. In school. It's serious. But he comes back and he doesn't even know what happens. And his cousin lies on him, carries something. And, and, and they say, why did you take it? He said, it's, it's brother that told me that I should move it. I should carry it. And they jump on him. Not to say you have come back with your worklessness since you were small. We've always told you a workless fellow. Just like your father before he died. Now know, may start drinking before it comes back to him. before before strike is over. Because he remembers rain has come on the seeds that were planted and sitting in the ground. I once saw a nature video on Planet Earth, I think it was, and they used a time-lapse camera. They kept a camera in an open place and fast-forwarded. You, you may have seen it when they show something growing out Sprouting, like time-lapse camera, and keep a camera, then you fast forward. And they kept it there, and the ground was perfectly dry, arid, dry, somewhere in East Africa. And then you could see in the distance, thunder clouds, and it rained somewhere in the mountainous regions, and the water flowed. The ground was arid. Animals were gone. Very dusty. Hadn't rained maybe for six months. And the rains came. You could see the water running. It didn't even rain here. It rained far away, but it flowed down without anyone planting anything. You didn't see any human being. The whole ground, things started growing till it became thick brush. The grass everywhere, thick. The same place that was dried dust and wilderness. The rain had come. The waters had come. And all the dry seeds that were sitting there in Naduzia's heart things that have been buried, which is why we teach you to uproot. Don't just bury. Don't push down. Because if the rains come, it will sprout. Anything you don't deal with will grow when its water comes. If you don't dig up, if you don't get rid of the seeds, it will grow when the conditions are ripe. No matter how you think, no, look at me. Look at me. I'm a new person. I'm a changed person. Look, if you didn't let Jesus reach in and pull them out, bring them out one after another, if you didn't let him walk below the surface of what people see, you will sprout weeds. Do you know what does not grow like that? That much? Good things. If the seed is there, it will grow. But most times, bad things just need a little rain. Every season, if you've ever gone to a farm, you went there and you planted cassava, you faithfully planted cassava, you were carefully planting corn. But all the wheat that comes up to compete with your corn, your corn plants, was not planted. It was not planted on its own. It came up. You need to plant good things. And someone shared a testimony on one of the Hangouts. I think I shared it on the rest. We talked about planting seed and how he traveled and then came back. He had prayed very hard for some young boy in a very rough neighborhood in Lagos. And time had passed. And he came And That young man is on fire for the Lord and all of that. And he was talking about seeds. How planting seeds. You may be the one who planted the seed, or you may be the one who brings the water. Do your job. It is why you don't judge things with your eyes. Plant the seeds. Put the seeds in the ground. Just put them. And say, what's the use? What's the use of sharing? What's the use of having devotions with with, with these people? What's the use of, of saying anything? What's the use? The use is that you may be the seed planter. He gives seed to the sower. that Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. He gives bread to the eater. He will cause the rain to come, the former and the latter rain to the earth. In its time, in the first one, Joel chapter 2 tells you, at some point, when the rain meets sea, good seeds planted, dropped forgotten, placed there. Pepper seeds, corn seeds, any kind of seed that is viable, keep it. Why people do not put good seed in the ground and leave is because they don't want something to dig it up. But if it falls down by mistake and it's seed and nothing eats it, when the water has come, it will grow. It is the nature of seed to sprout when the conditions are right. So this is an exhortation to someone. Because I realized that it confirms, when I started, I didn't remember the testimony our brother shared from Lagos. But I'm realizing just now, funny, that that's a witness. And that if you have people in your life whom you sit under and receive seed from, James chapter 1 says it this way, receive with meekness, humility, submission, the implanted word, which is able. He didn't say it saves your soul. He says it is able to save your soul. Why? Because the seed is not enough. It must grow. Have you read before in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, that the woman shall be saved by childbearing? What's childbearing? Is that bringing forth fruit? Are children called the fruit of the womb? The woman receives the seed the spermatozoa seed into her. It says, women, however, will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, watch conditions, love and holiness with self-control. Now, women, take that home. But I'm not going to talk about you today. I didn't come here for you. Have you ever had a study women on this path? Have you ever had anyone sit down and teach you this? I wonder why. There are very few passages that say women in the Bible. I think if I was a woman, I would study all of them thoroughly. I'll do Bible studies, five-month Bible studies, taking down notes. There's no way I would have not studied faith and love and holiness and self-control. How many times have you heard people say, leave them? You know women. And what is that usually used to refer to? Your lack of self-control. So all those your plans, how you stand in front of God. God knows we are women. God knows he told you to have self-control. When you're in front of God, you may not find that support you're looking for. He will tell you, but I told you, you will be saved through self-control. But since you will not have self-control, what's the opposite of being saved? It's heavy on your mouth. What is the opposite of it? Don't use heavy words like destroyed. It's too heavy now. Just add you and in front of the saved. Unsaved. Do you agree? You will be unsaved. You may be saved or unsaved. Whatever is the opposite of saved? I don't want it. Do you want it? So like I said, I didn't come to this place. I wasn't thinking of you while I got here. I was thinking of James chapter 1, which we will go to from here. The scriptures say in verse 21, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Some Bibles say filthiness. And every expression of evil. Some Bibles say overflow of wickedness. And humbly accept the word. Some say receive with meekness. It says, receive the word. It says, humbly accept the word planted in you. Some say, receive with me. That's the implanted word. Implanted. Humbly receive. Humbly accept. Humbly accept. You cannot proudly accept anything. Pride and accept are contrary the one to the other. Pride and accept. I need someone to act proud. Act very proud for you. <laughs> okay, let's complete the drama. Maybe he's going somewhere for you. Look at that. Huh? <laughs> I had an evil thought. Okay, give me for one sec. Uh, something, something, something for you. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, just does something, something to you. <laughs> Did he receive it? He rejected it. Why? He saw 1,000. He saw 200. What kind of thing is that? Why? So he rejects it. Says your money. He gives it back. That's a picture. That's a picture of pride. The Bible says you humbly Accept the word. Do you know a major reason why people reject the word? It doesn't come saying what you want to hear. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes, you want to be when you hear the word. I see, I see, I see. This guy is a great man. By now he has stood up since he's not a Pentecostal. You don't have a Pentecostal background. Who was from a proper pentecostal background? So, God, okay, let me use you. It looks like someone that came from it. But that's, I see greatness in you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see, once you say certain things, he embraces it. Sit down. Brother, there's the a cup of suffering the Lord will give you to drink. <laughs> he shrugs it off, <laughs> Say, I reject it like a duck in water. You see, the problem with God is that his words, they are spirit and life, but they do not always appear to be spirit and life. Sometimes they appear, many times they appear to be dead. He said, if any man will lose his life for my sake, he will find it. That doesn't sound very nice. He tells Peter, have you read the book of John chapter 21? He tells Peter, he says, when you are old, they will tie your hands and lead you away against your will. You don't see Peter say, master, reject it. Do you remember Peter? Once the master, when the master said he will be killed, he rejected it for his master. He rebuked him. Never did you read Peter rebuke Jesus that day. Peter, today, is people that are in righteous indignation, meanwhile, is right, unrighteous confusion, because Jesus turned and rebuked him in a way he had never rebuked him to get behind me, Satan. He rebuked Jesus when Jesus said, "I'm going to die in three in three days. After three days, I'll be raised." He rebuked the master. I rejected it because he did not understand what it means to humbly accept. The word of God. Till today, many people don't understand it. You don't like the word. So you say, I reject it. You don't like what the Bible says about something. So you reject it. Not necessarily by opening your mouth to say, I reject it. But internally saying, no, no, no. I refuse. You go in the opposite direction of what that word says. You don't want it. And who wants pain? Nobody. Who wants suffering? Nobody. If it's so, then what happened to people like James in James chapter one and two? James chapter one, verse two. What happened that he came to a place where he would say things like crazy stuff like this? You want to read it with me? Want to go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Why would anyone say, did you, did you see the kind of joy? So this is a saddest, right? No sane human being says things like this. Or can they? This is the brother of the Lord. He says, consider it pure joy. Not joy. Pure. That is a higher quality of joy. When you, when you blow, sorry, when you get a call from... Sorry, when you are appointed... No. When you encounter... Dollars. When you encounter a normal life, when you encounter what? Trials of many kinds. When you encounter trials of many kinds. Trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. Now the truth is this. This man must have come to understand things that very few people today understand, very few Christians. Why would I embrace a trial? Why would I be joyful? Difficulty and challenges, except you don't know what a trial is. A trial is you being sued to court. A trial is you being put on the witness stand and cross-examined. Did you or did you not see this thing? Answer the question. It's you being harassed, being tested, your faith being tested, making you wonder, why should I believe in God? He says, when that happens to you, you should be very joyful. The apostles understood this well enough for it to be that when they were flogged in the book of Acts of the Apostles, the first time they arrested them, the Bible says at the time they loved them, and the scriptures say they rejoiced. By then, I don't know if James was saved yet. I even doubt it. I don't know if James, I know the Lord Jesus appeared to James. Paul told us the story, that he appeared to to James, you know, in Acts 5 verse 41, it says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. You didn't show them flogging them. It says, they rejoiced they had been counted worthy. Verse 40 says, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. <laughs> then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. After Gamaliel said, leave it. Let us see. If it's real, it will work. If it doesn't, if it's not real, it will not work. They still flog them. They yielded. This is how they yielded. This is like having a discussion with a parent about that the child is okay and safe. The next day, you hear that the parents locked them up and said they shouldn't go anywhere again. Weird stuff like that. I've seen this happen <laughs> many times. Weird stuff. You're like, I don't understand. I thought we came to an understanding. They just do one strange thing. So after hearing Gamaliel, okay, okay, we'll see how it will go, eh? They will whisper behind them. We can't just let them go like that. Love them. That's the first time these guys got a beating for Jesus. When Jesus was with them, for that whole season, nobody touched them. They may have tried to stone Jesus, but they didn't touch these guys. So this is not something they were used to at the time. But now they were flogged. And they understood what Jesus had taught them so much in Matthew chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6. They understood it so much that they believed it. Their faith was tested. They could have said, Ah, we have not even just started. If it's today, someone would have said, Is it not because of, of Ananias and Sapphira you people killed at the beginning of the chapter? You thought the chapter will end without it coming to you? What a man's so." Some funny individual would interpret it that way. I can assure you. That they flogged them because of that Ananias matter. They flogged them. But the Bible says they rejoiced that they had been counted what? Worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. You must be considered worthy to be able to suffer disgrace for God's name. When you never suffer any shame for God's name, <laughs> sorry for you. You're not worthy. God does not think you are worthy to suffer disgrace for his name. You will, you will, maybe things will happen. If you look at the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 13, it says, Therefore, let us go to him, that's Jesus, outside the camp, read with me, bearing the disgrace he bore. This is not This is like a command. When you go outside the camp, you will be strange. Why? Because everybody else is inside the camp. Once you go outside the camp, like Jesus went up bearing the cross on his way to Golgotha, it's disgraceful. It's a disgraceful thing. But you are instructed. After all the wonderful promises of the book of Hebrews, this is the last chapter. This is the book of Hebrews coming to an end. And he's concluding. You see all those pictures I told you about how Jesus is the lamb? How he died for you? How this happened? How that happened? How this happened? Now, I want you guys to be willing to go through the same as Jesus did. That's where it was going. It wasn't telling you, Jesus has done it all. No, it was telling you, Jesus has made a way into the Holy of Holies. Through the veil, that is his flesh. Shearing his flesh, putting his body asunder, breaking his body like we broke last week, Friday, breaking bread, his body. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. (laughs) Suffering for the sake of others so you can receive help. Enduring pain, tearing your veil. This is veil. Hebrews calls it the veil. He says he went beyond the veil. That is his flesh. Your body is not what matters as much as what your body houses. God is a spirit. If you will worship him, you will worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4 says, if you are going to find access, into the realm where God lives. You remember the song? We'll lay a new way, Lord. Pour your glory through. Where's the glory? Christ in, in, not on top. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. But the challenge is that if he's hidden within you, Second Corinthians 4 and 5 tells you, that the glory is hidden in earthen vessels, earthly containers. The glory is hidden in earthly vessels, containers. First Thessalonians 4 says you should keep your vessels in holiness, sanctification. It's hidden here because of what is inside. It doesn't matter how. Your bodies may seem insignificant. What is within you is the big deal, and it is Christ. So the song we sang earlier on, will lay a new way your glory falls through, Hebrews 10. We'll behold your glory in the Lamb living. Now it says, we'll, we, in Hebrews 10 verse 20, by a new and living way, we'll lay a new way. I'm just understanding the song. It's many years ago, but... <laughs> These are opening. By a new and living way. Why do you look at me like you need before? Did you know before? It's just that me I'm more honest. Give me that something about it. <laughs> By a new and living way. We'll lay a new way, Lord. For your glory through. We'll behold your glory in the land of the living. All the things that you do, Lord, is more than we can know. Glory to you, Lord. Wow, that's fascinating. If you know how those songs come unplanned, just... Like that, you wonder, how, do you, how did the deliverance come? I have no hand, and I'm just seeing what in me. By a new and three years later, or four. By a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So the way for this new way to be laid, you know why we're singing that song? You know, it hits me, that's you know, I felt like going back to it. That, that part jumped out of me. We will lay a new way, Lord, you know. I think I started dancing extra. We we'll, will lay a new way, Lord. And, 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 and it came to me to say to you at that time, but I couldn't interrupt it, you know. There's a new way, a new and living way, which must be laid. It's a road. You find it in the book of Isaiah. It's a road. It's, it's a it's, it's The way of, it's the highway of holiness. It's a path that exists in the spirit. Few people know it. Few people know it. And few people will walk through it. Few people will enjoy the benefits of walking that way. The scriptures tell us to cast up, remove the stones. The stones that are in the way. There's a way God has appointed. How you lay a way. These days, they, they use big machinery and scrape the road and all that. But how did they used to make roads back then? That people travel. They would take stones. They would try and flatten it. They will cobble it. They will clear it. They will look for ways to flatten it so that carriages and horses and all of that would pass through. Cast up, cast up, prepare the way, the scriptures say. There's a a way and there's a process for people to go through. If you look at Isaiah 40, verse three and four, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see together, for the mountain of the Lord has spoken. This This prophecy will be fulfilled. Question, will you be part of those that fulfill it? There's a way, it's, A living way. It's a way that allows, if the way is not laid, the glory of the Lord will not be revealed, either in your personal life or in the earth. It won't be revealed in the church, no matter how people come out and shout, glory, glory, and people fall. That is not, that's, I don't know if that's glory or just oil. It's the glory of Jesus. The glory of God in the face of Jesus. Second Corinthians tells you about 4 verse 6. There's a new and living way. And how we access it, give it to me, but in another translation. Hebrews 10 verse 20. I want it in... Something a bit more simple. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain of his body. You know how a curtain parts. Give me BBE or something even more simple. By the new and living way which he made open for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. I am telling you, the sooner we know what Paul knew, the sooner we know what Peter knew and the apostles, that pain, pain, pain that comes upon you because of your striving to do God's will will result in salvation, not of your spirit, which is called justification, but in the salvation of your soul, which is known as sanctification, this is acquired by faith. This is by acquired by enduring suffering, painful things, tests, and the trial of your faith. You spend your time running away from this permanently. You will not access the new and living way. He showed us how to make it open. The new and living way which he made open for us through His flesh, you, will make a new and living way available to others through you being willing to, 2 Corinthians 9, put your flesh on that. Following a new path, a new way, a new way of thinking. The natural way of thinking is to avoid all pain, all trouble, all lack, all suffering. All difficulty, or of anything negative. But that's not how to lay a new way for his glory to come through. You want his glory to come through, there will be pain and tests and difficulties you must endure. If you will endure them, if you will endure them. The scriptures tell you in James 1, that if you receive with, you accept humbly his words, you accept humbly his words planted in you, not only the nice ones, greatness, greatness, but also suffering, endure pain, if you will accept it humbly, no matter the sheep. Abraham, I will bless you. Ah, Abraham, by you every nation on earth will be saved. Ami, Abraham, take your son Ishmael and send him away with his mother. <sighs> Did he obey? Later, Abraham, take your son, your only son, in other words, the only one left, and you will sacrifice him to me on a mountain I will show you. Did he obey? That is what it means to humbly accept God's word. As long as it came from God, yes, sir. As long as it came from God. Hey, I want you guys. You guys are, have done a good job. Go and relax. Take um, here's fifty thousand. Enjoy yourselves, Guy, Help. Just see you guys. I think I won't need it for the next three days. So, campaign the town red. Thank you, sir. 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 We are loyal. Remain loyal, sir. Remain loyal, sir. Oh, hey, yeah. Guys, please, can you come? I need help. My soakaway way is full. Please. My soakaway way needs to be emptied, okay? All right. Uh, I'm going for work. I'm hoping you guys will be done before I come back. You don't go. Babake. Babake. Excuse me, sir. Babake. Sorry, sir. It's not like him, sir. But you notice your guys are loyal. This thing you are telling us today it's not like our level now. It's not our level. Eh? You know, normally, normally we, we are there for you. But I think this is the kind of thing that, you know, you need to get, I mean, I mean someone here. God does not want you to relate with him like that if you wish. You see, what is coming out of you? It's called "Pray." You have just chosen what and what. Put simply, you have not humbly accepted the word. You cannot. Humility is not needed for honor. You cannot humbly go and sit on the front row with clapping and welcoming. Clap, clap, clap. Let's welcome my friend. Other crap. clap. And he humbly went and sat on the biggest chair. No, he went. to sorry ma'am. please, please, come, come, please. There's a seat there, please. This, this seat is reserved, please. Please, you people here. Move to the you humbly stand up and move to the back. You do not humbly come up to the front. The word humble and enjoyment do not match. I just humbly eat all the chicken. How kind of humility is this, okay? I just said, let me be obedient So fried egg, fried yam, fried plantain, and my special. And I just humbly said, let me just humbly eat Don't be unserious. You humbly eat what you do not like. Can you believe they gave me bitanif soup? Do you know what they call akmu? Not fufu. You don't understand. When you smell it, you know the difference. This is not Fufu. This is Akmu. It's not Akmu. It's Akmu. Who knows Akmu? Who, who from where? No. Inside. Have you heard the pronunciation? I had some Akmu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it gave you an uppercut, you wouldn't be pronouncing that name like that. Akmu. <laughs> the type that when you finish, you ask for water and bleach. <laughs> <laughs> the difficulty of... Getting rid of the evidence—the only way. Stay away from people for two days, and may you not be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> the smell is. Mm. You humbly eat apu. For those who don't know better, they humbly eat aquajebos. They humbly eat apu and or because you're used to spaghetti, even though I prefer macaroni. But you can mix it. You have meatballs? I'd rather have meatballs to go with it rather than egg. Noodles is for losers. do that pork And then you give this individual apple maybe that leaf soup, Igbo style. They don't cut it, they tear it. Ah, tear then they tear. Yeah. There are some of you that have not enjoyed the better things of life. Yet. can I see your hands here? I'm about to pray for you that I have the opportunity to eat these things I'm describing. Not the macaroni, not Italian. This other native Nigerian cuisine. You humbly need macaroni and spaghetti to eat this. I know there are those who are saying they lie. You humbly leave Akbu. <laughs> <laughs> and I do not dispute. That is why I've dropped that example immediately. I don't want people wondering. I did not understand that, what Pastor thought today. That illustration meant nothing to me. <laughs> Humility requires going down. Down. He went down. It does not. In- it's the opposite of being lifted. Being on top standing out, it is being put down, being reduced. That's what humility. And scriptures say you are to humbly accept the word. Everything in the scriptures that pushes you to go down, everything God ever tells you prophetically that pushes your will, your desires down, is a test of your faith. And you're supposed to welcome it when you see it. Is it easy? Never. They left all the dirty plates for you again to wash. As though you're the only one that eats. These people have mine. You enter the kitchen, you look around. Are these people real? Did they just leave the dirty plates again? Even after everything I said. all oh my, who knows what it means to state? I don't mean English now. You don't know what it means to state? Nigerians. that, state them like this. I'm not saying it well. I stated, you can't say I stated, it. I've spotted, I've it. spotted. It's, it's our English. If you don't know, you don't know, leave it. It's not rigged. Rigged is almost English. As a, I don't know where that word came from, but it simply means to challenge and make it known. I won't take this nonsense. The next morning, you were stating. Around 10 30 at night. The next day, you were the last getting ready, going to wash your own plates. You saw 13 plates, dirty, in this lopsided story building fashion. Have you ever seen that one? Sitting there. You know, you still have one hour before you leave the house and lock the door. But your thoughts cross your mind. They are thoughts. They are thoughts, not very pure. They are thoughts. Thoughts. You even see colors. You can't even understand that these blinking spots. As though you, you clean your eye, like what am I seeing? It's called anger. You are raging, you are fuming. That's why they are synonymous words to the word anger. Anger is not enough. So there's anger. Then someone said, What I'm feeling is not anger, <laughs> it's more. So they say, rage. Someone came out, give me the R, give me the G, give me A. They just created something more. You are being tested to see how far. The scriptures have the audacity to say that you should count it all joy when things like that happen. Now, I'm not saying in every situation. You know, I'm, I, I always bring balance when I have the time. You know, there are situations where you, keep, you take each of the dishes, go to their beds, drop, <laughs> drop, drop. You just try to identify who eats what, who ate what. Where's your <laughs> Just just Distributes to the owners, you know. You don't like this finders, keepers thing. You've always been honest. So you like returning people's things. You think they forgot it in the kitchen? This kind of thing I just described is for leaders, so it's not for brethren. So example, the leader, if you're a group of people living together, this is the kind of thing the commandant of the house may be. But if you are just brethren, you're not allowed. You're the one being tested. You're not test- I know they test leaders, but it's not, not really. The leader. the leader can do many things. He's expected by God to do things. The leader that is permitted to share your plate, to you. But my brother, I do have, no, I fight you, they look for us, so. Humbly accepting the word planted in you can save your souls. Did you hear that? It can save your souls. So, back to 1 Timothy 2. It tells you. That the woman is saved through childbearing. There's no childbearing without the reception of seed. The seed within is the child without. It's the sounds of heaven. The words of God sent down to the earth, given to children about to give birth, which will result in your salvation. When you received humbly the words of God, you will bring forth powerfully the will of God in the earth the 8th psalm tells you how God's will will be done on earth it tells you how the earth will be conquered for the glory of God the whole earth will be conquered the word women here is found in Ephesians 5 and he said I am speaking of Christ and the church this place is saying that the church of God if you read verse 8 or verse 9, is not to be known for externalities, for gold, for how you adorn yourself. The churches, wherever you see women, just think churches. Go to Ephesians 5 first, verse 24 and 25. Ephesians 5, verse 24 and 25, 24 and 25. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in... He lost the ability to read. I'll give you one more chance. Save yourself. Okay, I'm looking at face. They're not even smiling. No? It won't bother you. It won't bother, <laughs> Let me tear that thing out now. Tear it out. Who, who wrote that thing? Change the translation. Then change. Then change. Don't change. There's no need. It's the same. Oh, anyone has a women's Bible? <laughs> now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. In uh, did, did all of you answer me this time? I'll try and catch you. Someone somewhere here was leaning on a pillar. If you see there? If you, see, if you see what I saw. I wish I had a camera here. Someone else began to write intensely. You cannot be angry with me. Find God. Come and take his address. And take God's address. Let me tell you where to find the person. responsible as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in There are a few Christian girls here. The guy is just wisely kept quiet mostly. They don't want a girl to start shading you. The scriptures say the wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Then just so the man won't go mad. The next line says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You women are laughing now. You hear them? (laughs) Okay. The next verse now says, to sanctify her, cleansing her, how? By the washing with water through The word. How does the Lord Jesus cleanse the church? Leave all the thing in between. How does the Lord Jesus cleanse the church? Through the words of God. That is how. And how does he achieve that? By her humbly accepting the word. And in case you don't know, we are right back at verse 24. (laughs) He loves you. How did Jesus love the church? He laid down his life so he could send the Holy Spirit. He said, I must go so the Spirit will come. He is amongst you, but he will be within you. You need it. And then he said, those his words. They are spirit and they are life. He said, when he comes, he will teach you all things. So he would instruct you. And then he says, wives, act how the church ought to relate to Jesus by hearing his words because his word sets her apart. Sanctify means to set apart. They distinguish the church. When the Lord Jesus speaks and his church obeys, she becomes sanctified, the same word written often as holy, cleansing her. And we are extra sure that these things you are hearing are true because the book of Hebrews chapter 12, amongst many others, but Hebrews 12 says it very well from verse 6 to 14. It lays it out distinctly. You will go and read it, but I'll run through quickly for you. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, but I know whenever we share this, it sounds personal. Can we recall what Ephesians five said? The Lord Jesus does, for himself? What does He do? Ah, they will always bumble. Love your wives just as Christ loved, loved. Christ loves me. Back to Hebrews chapter 12. For the Lord disciplines. Don't read that thing. Put something there. For the Lord disciplines the church. Ouch. I said, when you live here, hmm? become a Muslim. Oh, no, no, no. It's worse there. It's worse there. I just remember it's worse there. With which religion treats women like queens day and night? Find this one. Worship of Mother Earth. Gaya. About inspiration. Just they call. Well, worship Mother Earth. You go to hell, sir. But leave that. Let's not worry about the future. Worship Gaya. They worship women. Women are king. They are the priestesses, they are everything. Mm. Men are very insignificant in some of those religions. I think Christianity is the best sir. out of all the world religions. I think, I think they treat women best in Christianity. i have thought of it. Except uh, maybe gay and a few others. Maybe there's a religion started by a woman. Which one? Don't guess so. Anything you say, you prove it. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Who does he love? The Lord disciplines the church. What kind of thing is that now? No, no, you cannot be talking like that. That's not what that place means. You cannot do that with scripture. Okay, so I leave it alone. You do what you like with scripture. But remember, one day, one day you answer God for how you read your Bible, whether you held it straight or you turned it upside down. Okay, in the other portion, he was loving the church. In this portion, he's talking about children. No, he disciplines the one he loves. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. What kind of thing is this? What what did they do this Bible said? I don't know. Ask the writer. And he chastises every son he receives. That's extra. He disciplines his church. He chastises his sons that he receives. Next verse. Endure suffering. In other words, endure this love that your husband and your Father is showing you as discipline, endure it. It is discipling. When you see discipline, it is the word discipling. You are being made into a disciple. That's discipline. Because so many people have been abused in this world. So when your father said, I'm disciplining you, he beat you nearly to death. And you may have had a relative an uncle. Who said, every town needs discipline. Then they bring out weapons of war. <laughs> and that's when you decided that discipline is an evil thing. Nobody should be disciplined. That like the other time, your older brother almost gave up the ghost from being disciplined. And that's how you equated the word discipline with something that is not discipline. Discipline is and should be painful. It is useless when it is not painful. It is not discipline if it is not painful. Chastening is a soft word. It's the word scourging. It means to peel your skin. Can I help you again? A new and living way through the veil, which is your flesh. He scourges the son. He receives. He receives. He receives. Jesus! was the Son that was God, who was received into the heavenly places. This passage was written for someone else. He's just sharing it with you. Was Jesus God? Have the heavens received him until the times of refreshing which will come? He made a new and living way through the breaking of his flesh. Access is granted through the breaking of your earthen vessels. It will look terrifying sometimes. But one thing you can be sure of is if you will humbly accept the words of this God when he promises you that though you pass through the valley of the shadow of death that you need fear no evil. Why? I am with you. I am with you. My rod and my staff, they are comforting you. Uh, You see the problem? The problem is your interpretation of the word comfort in your modern way. We are always interpreting things with your modern dictionary. When these things were written, they were not written in English. They meant something motivation is a closer interpretation of that, your understanding of comfort. The Holy Spirit, because you were born in this time when Western thinking dominates our interpretation of everything, why do I take time to interpret words in the Bible? Because if you don't look up what they meant, you will live your whole life and never know what God said. You go around saying God said something he never said, you say, but I read it. No, your translators read that. I've shown you the word exhort. And it says, John exhorted them with many such words. And part of the exhortation John brought, the Baptist, was you children of snakes, who has warned you to run away from the wrath that is coming? That's the word that is most commonly translated comfort or encourage. Encourage. But the word means also to admonish and to warn. When you take a word and person on it a meaning that could not have been intended or was only part of the intention, you lie. How can you look at the Holy Spirit saying the things He said? Adam, who picked up Paul's belt and said that the Holy Spirit says that the person that owns this belt. Paul himself said many people everywhere were telling him by the Holy Spirit that they honor this person. You're going to suffer much in Jerusalem. That is the Holy Spirit doing his work. He's the spirit of truth. He convicts you of sin. John 16 says of righteousness and of judgment too. How can you now take the word comfort and make it what you like? Because you, like me, love comfort. But the Bible says that the person that loves comfort, that loves oil and wine, will end up in poverty. And the Lord does not want you to end up in poverty. He wants you to end up enjoying all the riches of God's glory through Christ Jesus. But you want to achieve it while being cuddled. No, every son he receives, he tears his skin to make a new way, to create a new pattern of thinking. Endure hardship, Second Timothy to say, as a good soldier of Christ. He wants you to be tough. He does not want you to be soft. Softness will not make you capable of winning the battles on this earth and against the forces of darkness. Who has had the fortune or misfortune of hearing that advert on YouTube by a group called Gaya? And they constantly talk about aliens and talk about how they are coming. Oh, they are coming to reveal themselves and prepare the world for what is coming? Who has heard these things? Do you not hear me preaching that for years? Are those unbelievers telling you that those demons that are going to manifest themselves are your friends? That they are coming to help you? <laughs> you have been one. At least this congregation, for sure. You have been one. All we have preached. All. They are coming. Now, this pastor has told you they are coming. And they will deceive Almost everybody, Jesus told it thousands of years ago, that almost everyone on earth will be deceived, even the elect. You know this way how people hear things and go like, mm-hmm. God forbid, it's not my portion. It, all those are the ones, they are gone. Which is why I beg you all, please, the little you, we have had the privilege of God share with us, try and share it out. Let there be hope. If the Bible tells you almost everyone will be deceived, including the elect, You don't think. Do you think he was joking? They are coming. I've told you for years. They will come. You will believe it is Jesus. You will believe everything. Jesus kept saying, do not be deceived. He gave you markers. He said, if they say, come here or come there. He said, Don't believe it. He's a the with He said, Don't believe it. He kept warning. He kept warning. He kept warning. He kept warning. If people are believing the fake ones that do no miracles, look at the Australian Jesus and Mary, his wife. They are there in Australia. They are there now. They have been there for a long time. He Wears glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he has been there since. No miracle. No signs and wonder, no prophetic gifting. People worship him, people follow him. So what will you do with the one that will, as he's walking, the cars lined on the road will be doing like this, boom, boom. What will you now do? No sign, no wonder. You believe, just talk. Empty talk. You believe. Then when, when he's healing the sick, doing miracles, what shall we do? And why will many people go after them? And what are the signs of these people often? They won't teach you holiness. They will not teach you to endure suffering. When many of God's true servants have been careless with the word of God and have taught God's people to avoid suffering, have messed up the Bible, have, are teaching God's people to disrespect scripture, they don't know that they are laying an old way for the devil to come through. They don't know what they are doing. One day, you and I will stand in the ages to come. We will look back at this time, and you will hear and know the difference between those who served God and those who did not. The day is coming, but why don't you make that day for you today? Why don't you seek eyes to see? Why don't you seek eyes? the truth that makes us free, in this collection of books that are very obviously divinely inspired in their accuracy and ability to help people walk in light. As long as you're looking for an excuse to do what your flesh wants, you don't want to break it, you don't want to tear it, You don't want to put it under, go down, flesh. You don't tell me how to live. The spirit rules. I worship God in spirit and in truth, not in what I desire. As long as you want that version that tells you run after money, run after your pleasure, go after what you want at the expense of doing what God tells you to do humbly, you will find it though. Someone will come with what you like and scratch your itching ears. You had been warned by the apostles that they were coming. They have come. You're surrounded in the earth, in the church. They are bound already. And it's like you were never warned. It's as though we were never told. They fulfill all the points that Jesus said. They take. They check all the boxes. Jesus said they'll be like this there, like this. In spite of that, people who call themselves Christians are following them. What did you want again? And why will you therefore not be judged harshly when the day comes? He will ask, but did I not tell you that these are the ways you can know them? In summary, I said by their fruit, by their fruit you will know them. Tell me their fruit. Tell me about those that came out from them. Tell me about their character, their lives. Tell me about how they make choices. Tell me how they treated my words that were written down. Did they despise it? You see people who despise the words of God written down clearly. They are things that are not clear. I've often explained things that are not clear. But I've shown you that you too could find out the understanding of those things. If you simply pay a simple price of asking questions, of checking out things a little, we have the internet unlike any generation before us. Because of the things that are coming, much is given to us. To whom much is given, much is expected. The last day church, So much will be expected of us. That's why he's given us so much. What are we doing with this so much that has been given? The opportunity, you can study almost like a professor from your room, on your phone, on your phone. In years past, people would have to raise money and travel to exotic destinations to go and consult a book, to go and sit down and copy out. People spent years, what you can find, with clicking five buttons, one, two, three, four, five, people could spend two years to get. You don't know. I am telling you. And they could travel at the risk of dying from mosquito bites to Ethiopia. They could travel to Egypt at the risk of being eaten on the way by headhunters. They could travel for months walking, trekking by sea. Where did they even get the money from? To make those trips. In a world that was so wild, they paid the price. You and I tap, 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 search, search, enter. You can find treasures of wisdom and knowledge that no generation has ever had. They <sighs> are busy. It's not that we it's not that we don't like it, it's just that. What shall we do, you and I? You and I have been given more than anyone to whom much is given. Much is expected. There's so much expected of the last day, church. It is coming. You like it or not? You think you you have ever seen the world? You think you know what this earth will be? I've told you for years. Your eyes will see wonders. You will be living in a Hollywood movie production. Mm. any idea you think you have about is it Satan? Is it about uh, how things work? The, the spirit realm, all the things being soaked, lost out upon us. There's a reason. There's a reason why male and female are being mixed up completely. There's a reason. There's a reason why children are having immoral books with drawings. Immoral books. The most disgusting things in the libraries of, of, of schools in America right now. There's a reason. There's a reason people are fighting back. Now, I need to say something. It's a good opportunity to say it. I, I just remembered. Now, you know, last week, I knew it. across crossed my mind as I was sharing that, you know, at the time, I haven't listened to what I said, but I was told by one of our people um, that, you know, uh, I, some of what I say may have offended some of our international audience. We have a few people outside the country listening. At the time, I remember saying something I can't remember what. I've been too busy to go and look. I normally don't go back and look at what I preach, but, you know, so I'd like to apologize, you know. I felt it while I was sharing that, okay, you're not going to have time to explain that thing you just said. You remember how we are rushing to, you know. But I said, even though I know, you didn't think it, okay, but sometimes outsiders, you know, they don't understand our background. They don't understand that everybody in Nigeria wants to move abroad. They don't understand it. They don't understand that if not that some of you came to this church. How many of you would have been gone by now? Raise your hands. You, it was, you were fighting for it. there. Point that camera to that side. You didn't hear what I said. How many of you are traveling to um, Jan, America, was your dream? The, the goal of your soul, now of some time, that was, raise your hand like this. I don't mean if you have traveled or not. That was your dream. It's what you believed is God's will for everybody that please, it, that America is the way to go. Keep the hand up. Some of you, again, you don't understand, you didn't understand English. You wanted to go there. <laughs> point this way, point this way. You, traveling abroad in your soul, you knew, ah. You would have done what needs to be done, whatever it was. Uh, Are yeah, they up to half of the people, lads? Okay. So, a large majority. Some of you was not America. I was where? UK. Canada. Oh, sorry. I didn't call your own. Sorry. Ah, I should have just said abroad now. Oh, yeah, abroad. Everybody. Everybody. Okay, it's okay. Come back. Come back. Come back to me. Leave it. Sorry, I forgot. Because I I was specific, I said America. The whole church, nobody will be here. (laughs) All right, so the thinking is this, that everyone, that America is heaven. That's the basic idea. And that it is the definition of how God wanted um, things to be on earth. So one of the duties I have had is to remove the thick blindfolds from the eyes of Nigerians Again, I don't have time to explain it. It's bad. It's, it's like madness. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy. People are willing to walk across on their legs, across Western Africa up to the Mediterranean, to the edge of the sea, and cross the sea in a boat. And it capsizes, and they die in endless numbers, constantly. They get kidnapped in Libya and sold like a human being finding mushmeat. They sell them. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's common. It's go online. You see Out of the are Nigerians not in majority in, in that Libya. They, they, there are so many. They catch them, then sell them. And they have to their relatives have to send money if they can raise money from Nigeria and buy them. It is so ridiculous. Again, anyways, it is so bad. I have watched this thing for so many years. Listen, I have family outside the country. As a young person, I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last week. Did I? You know, my whole family was outside the country, okay? So, understand. I am not, uh, you know, and I'm very... Was it last week or so I said, when was it? Maybe it was in another setting. And I said that I know I'm more American... I was more American th- till today. I seem to know more about America than Nigeria. You know, I grew up reading American news magazines, Time. You know, I didn't read Time International. That, that's the one they make to sell. It's very thin, typically. I read Time. There's one circulating in America and Canada, thick, three, four times the size of Time International. That's why I grew up reading. Till about twenty years ago, where I said I had to stop. I forced myself to stop, you know. So I grew up thinking American. I didn't grow up reading Nigerian newspapers. I grew up reading foreign uh, American uh, news magazines. Grew up, so my head is American I and mean, I've watched ten Nigerian movies in my life. I'm giving you context, okay? I'm giving you context. <laughs> Does that help you understand? It? You know, so my mind is not very Nigerian. I know there are 36 states. <laughs> This one, I'm saying, and I'm offending Nigerians. Please, <laughs> the, any direction I go, I'll get into trouble. Nigerians are, Nigerians, are saying, "Off that thing now! Off that thing!" What is he saying? Off that thing, Joe. <laughs> Don't worry, I know. I know this. The Federal Capital Territories. I know some things. I know the governor of my state. I even know the name of our president and the vice. The vice now, Basanga. <laughs> now, before someone thinks I'm serious, it's a sin badger. I know. But someone is that... like, <laughs> take panic I know, I know. You know, I saw a video. I saw a video. It happens everywhere. People are not so literate, but some, I've seen our people. You remember someone took a mic around and was interviewing our people, asking them, what is quarter to five? I came and told you guys, right? What is quarter to five? It wasn't here. It was at home. And people were saying, uh, 5.35. Yeah, it was bad. Please, I want share it with your people. It was bad. It was terrible. Now, I had seen that on, let's say, Wednesday some weeks ago. I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. These were, this were uh, people passing out, a passing out parade of the National Youth Service core scheme, you know. So this guy went around with the mic. You think it's a joke. See, you see, it's not a joke. It was not a joke at all. They did not know what quarter to And Some of you are writing now. Write it down, please. To... It's bad. It's, it was very bad. It was horrible. Male and female, they said fantastic things. One said 10 minutes past, or between 10 and 15 minutes past. You know, they said all sorts of things. One guy said they corrected. All right, it was horrific. There was a short clip. Maybe they interviewed about five to seven people or eight, maybe a member. The next day, I don't know if I opened it. These things happened to me, where you're holding a it. And somehow something opens you didn't really look for. And someone was going around asking American kids. But these are high school kids now, you know. Mm. The reason I said it, I'm saying it now. I remember saying it to my household mates. I told them because the day before, uh, you know, I was shown this one, say, si, see. Si. See, and you know what people say. Yes, in Nigerian education, so terrible, so terrible. And that's the same thing I was saying last week. For everything I was pointing out, okay, for the international audience, everything I point out, Nigerians believe that in America and other countries that you have a mirror of the same problems. So Nigerians understand me perfectly when I'm showing them American problems. That I'm not saying America does not have all the amazing things it has. Because, again, I normally, all my life growing up, I've grown up admiring America. I've told people, I've seen people that are anti-American. I always tell them, stop that. You know, again, I try to avoid argument. But growing up in university and all of that, you know, I would constantly point out anti-Americanism that is all over the world. I'm constantly telling them, you don't even know what you're saying. You know, I've talked about how American has done us so so much good Americans or America United States of America that's what I mean by that has done the world so much good. how they've been so generous they've helped so much of the world I've said all the good stuff okay I've said good stuff all my life about America and I still see the difference is that our people worship so I'm tearing down their idol okay so allow me to tear down idols it's my job Idols are always bad. An idol is an evil thing. When you worship a country, when you hear me point out how someone runs away from Nigeria, gets to America, happens to, I think, in Chicago he went to, he was shot dead within the week of arriving. So they're working on how to bring back the corpse. I don't know if they can because the cost of flying a corpse, you don't want to know. Years ago, I told you about the corpse of flying a corpse. The cost, It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You just, just find a place and bury them. You have no... except the person is super rich and a very big person of, of national renown. Then you bring him back. Other than that, you find a place in the ground, in that country, and you put him. But the guy left here, got there. Some time before that or so or after, you heard someone, he left Nigeria. He was plastered all, all, all across the internet. You know, the guy got to America. He left Nigeria and he said, finally in a country where you don't have to look, what can be looking behind you. I told you about these things. You've heard me say. Now, if someone in America hears me saying that, you want them attacking America, you don't understand. You don't, you don't understand at all. Our people have the most ridiculous ideas. So when I'm pointing out at the huge security issue, if you hear the abuse, the abuse that is heaped on our president's over the years, consistently. When, yeah, last week I said, and how many, did anyone go and check the statistics of homicides in the last, since the year we got? What, what was it? What did you see? Just shout it. Just 16, about 16,000 deaths recorded in Nigeria. America? United States of America? You can't remember too well. I remember seeing about 17,000. I didn't check Nigeria because I was not comparing. It's not like I sit down to run comparisons. But I'm saying, Nigerians, it's it's, it's the same way very many Americans are very uneducated about what happens outside America. And in that area, Nigerians, educated Nigerians seem to be better off because I've heard those guys say the most, I don't want to go into details, some is personal, up close, my siblings, you know, that kind of stuff, my family members, my mother, you know. People like and they'll ask you things like, who's the president of Africa? No, no, I didn't form that. Th- those are real questions that I'm not talking about young children, I'm talking about grown-up people doing master's program. And my mom was doing a master's program at the time. Yes. They will ask questions like that. Say, do you see lions, giraffes? Like they have this picture. Who here has ever seen a lion or giraffe? None. None of us. You know, it's 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 a wild picture, all right. So they say se- in in, uh, I mean, the, I saw they ask those young people. These are high school students. They ask them how many states are there in America, and pe- I think someone said two. So I don't mean Nigerian. They're asking the Americans in America. They ask how many countries do you know, and the girl goes, "Um, oh dear me, oh my, oh my. Canada, uh, New Mexico. New Mexico is a state." in the United States of America. Mexico is a country beneath America. And they stood for the longest time, and this guy with his microphone, and they could not answer. She couldn't list three countries. Three. He said anywhere in the world, and he was running this list of countries of the world. But I could pick any random Nigerian and ask for five countries. 10, 50 uneducated Nigerians that have not gone beyond primary school, yes or no? It's called football. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really simple. They'll just think of every country that plays. But now, yeah, I know not again, I've told you, my mind is very American. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, you know? where Americans are not big on football. It's barely not that relevant. They are big on American soccer, okay? So the Super Bowl and all that. You know, American football, the thing that looks like rugby, okay? You know, with three, great, all of that stuff. That's their major sport. And baseball, soccer, it is what they call it, is not that big a deal. And, okay, it's a massive country. It has multiple time zones. Nigeria, what time is it to eat? 22 minutes to it. In America, it is multiple times, that is, it's, you know, and they asked them, how many states they are in America, people said 9, 13, like every question they were asking that I could answer all, like that, like that, I could, like just without trying, and the people they were asking couldn't answer the questions, they didn't know who the vice president was, you know, it was bad on the beach, all sorts of places. And these are not rednecks. These are not hillbillys. Okay? These, these are people in school. One was wearing a graduation gown. Um, and let's presume maybe it's a matriculation gown. I don't know. You know, it's similar. I don't know what he was wearing. He was wearing this gown. Maybe it was on his, and it was Indian though. But he couldn't answer a question you know, someone mentioned a state in, in America, mentioned a state and, and asked, I mean, they'll ask a state and say, which state is Utah in? Utah is a state. So it's like saying, which state is Afghanistan in? Says, uh, I'm not sure, Michigan? You know? And things like that. And they mention, and they mention another state. Thank you. And, and things like that were happening. And I was looking at it. Now, our own people. So, why is it? Why do I even say it? Is it to mock America? No, I, I couldn't mock them if I tried. Number one, they are the country I think I like the most. In fact, God told us years ago, He said, as in, regarding the politics, He said, as in America, as in Nigeria. That's part of how we have a clue of things that will happen. We watch. I can tell you some of what will happen in Nigeria from what's happened in America. Some of what will happen in America from Nigeria. This is prophetic spiritual stuff, so leave it. I'm just telling you. But apart from that, just growing up and just liking the country so much, you know? So the only reason I use this is because it's considered the best country in the world by most. The best. And my people, this one sitting here too, I am having to de-Americanize them, all right? So, dear brethren, online, you're outside the country, you're hearing me now, you're hearing me later. Please do not be offended by my words. Do not misunderstand me. If you have the background I have, if you know all the things I say in multiple settings, and I've said over the years, you wouldn't be offended. I am trying to take on the mask from my people's eyes and let them know that there's good in our nation. And that our nation is not as horrible. I've seen reports about our nation by people outside, by Americans themselves. They say, they attack, they say the most terrible things. They say that we don't have a democracy. If I go, unfortunately, because I know America so well, how do I explain this? For every news clip I watch that is Nigerian, I watch 100 that is American. I don't know if that makes sense. All these small news could. I watch the American stuff, far more. And the people that even I I hear from, to even know the problems of America, are Americans. That simply means that, and I've said it many times, that the majority of Americans, this is something I've said so many times, the majority of Americans are on the right side. That is, they say the right things. That it's a minority That whole sway of the news media, okay? So I know all of that, okay? This is really important. So please, if I offended you last week, I apologize. But you too must understand that you completely, likely misinterpreted because you don't have the background they have. They they know where I'm coming from. They know I am trying to tell them, listen, that your idea is erroneous. You are wrong to think that there's perfect peace. Our people like to boast. I sit down in settings, relatives, all that, and they say things like, ha! Ah! In everything that happens, they say this could never happen in America. This could never happen. So when they come here, I have to tell them it is happening. I have to even point out the ones that are not even happening here. And say, listen, stop hating what you have. Because we have things they don't have to. They have many things we don't have, but you must understand that the advantage they have is that they've had a much longer time to grow up socially than we have. And they've even grown up so far that they've outgrown till they've turned to things that we should be thanking God. So I often say before you move to any other country, UK, America, any other, you better pray and not act with your head. The second thing you must know about all my preaching and teaching is that it is often prophetic. This you must know. You must know. Everyone of you, people online, all of you must know this. I've often said it's only about 6% of the people in America that some years ago that insist on saying that uh, they believe in gay marriage and all that. So all this transsexual stuff, it is minority. This I have often preached before we had a camera, before we have said it very many times. I do not for one second think it's the majority, even near to. I know it's a minority, a fraction. I have said these words many times with my mouth. So when I add on what I have been saying, those hearing me, can only build on it. If you're hearing me newly, you will not be building. You'll be laying a foundation with what I'm saying, which you should not, okay? So the context must be factored in. Always the context. All right? But again, I still wish I was able last week to bring some of that balance. But it's a function of the aim, what we are aiming for. What we are aiming for. When I speak about the division and the mindset our people have, as opposed to how many Americans have, you know, how they tend to be patriotic. In fact, the people that destroy America are people that are very unpatriotic. They don't defend their country. They don't like their country. They are the ones destroyed. I talk about globalization. I say all these things. Again, context is always important. But I also I was saying something, that a lot of my preaching is prophetic. So when I give illustrations, when I say things, it happens all the time. I can Say something and use exact words. And someone just tunes in and hears. I'm answering questions, not just of the people sitting here. I don't mean paper. I don't mean questions written on paper. I answer questions in people's hearts. The Holy Spirit puts answers in my mouth. Sometimes I'm almost just like an answering machine. People are asking questions in their hearts. There's no meeting I am not aware physically. I'm saying this is very important for everyone that hears me. Everyone, there's someone, we only have so much time, but there's someone almost always asking a question that the Holy Spirit puts the answer in my mouth. Am I meant to say no? I won't say it. I have to say whatever the Holy Spirit puts in my mouth. I have learned, no matter how random, I wish someone could help me. I wish I was keeping a journal still of the few stories I hear, super specific. Just some, some, some months ago, I I remember this one because it has to do with traveling outside the country. And these are the ones I get to hear. There are thousands. And I'm speaking, and I go on to talk about people spending, putting all their efforts in traveling to the UK to go and read nursing. And I'm saying it, I'm really strong on it. After the meeting, I get home, you know, and later, that day or the next day, one of the leaders sends me a message and says, Do you know one of the first timers that came and they tried to describe, oh, there was a young lady there, you know. She, that was the first time she ever came. She had been invited by a former friend, the someone she had a relationship with. And the summary that her life goal, her purpose, in fact, as she came here, she's processing. One thing is her purpose to go to the UK and study nursing. Everything I was saying, like, you know, it's her first time here. If God doesn't help me, she would think that her former boyfriend sent a note or a text message or somehow got across to me and said, my former girlfriend is here, make sure you talk about her. These are her life's plans. One, two, three, four, five. Because now I'm saying that this happens, I don't know, if I... Say it's happened a couple of thousands of times. I don't think I would be wrong. It happens constantly. So if I'm not going to be preaching, and then I clamp down on my... When the Holy Spirit puts it, He doesn't even let me know. I mean, many times I'm, I listen to myself. I don't mean going back to listen physically. My ears are... My mouth is speaking faster than my brain is thinking. The words are just coming. And I listen and I wonder sometimes, Why did you just say that? And oh, like how did you get here? How did you veer left and veer right? It's prophetic counsel. It's the Holy Spirit. When you are used to people always speaking from their mind, when human beings are used to saying, you said, you said it, as opposed to God spoke through you. The whole idea of being a vessel that is given for something to be poured in and then it's poured out, it's very hard for us to understand. It's very, very hard. The average person does not understand such things. They will say, no, you said it, Joe. Is it not your mouth? But I'm sure there are quite a number of servants of God that know that very many times, especially for people like me. Since... I prepare maybe one percent of messages. Every other message, if you look here, you'll not find any notes. There's no notes. There's nothing. Zero notes. I step up here. I don't have a message topping because there's none. There's no message. I don't have any message. This is how the Holy Spirit. I stand here, and then He begins to put in the word, and I let it out. So, what I focus on is on keeping my heart clean and pure. My heart has to be clean. My heart has to be devoid of offense against people. You hear me talk about my country. I'm trying to let Nigerians know that Nigerians really hate many Nigerians, except this my church people and a few others. They really, really hate their country and cross it every day. So I'm ending with this. How many people agree that it is so? Raise your hands. Let the people on camera see that Nigerians... It's a hobby. It's like, it's like eating. They curse and hate. Don't raise your hand because of me. You know, you too, you were like that. You used to curse your country, hate your family, everybody. Curses and says America is the correct place to be. Please raise your hand. Run that camera around. These people cannot be lying because I've told them that all liars will end up in the lake of fire. Do you see? This is just everybody. All right, so if you understand this, Nigerians detest their country. They have heard it said so many times that America is the place to be. I have tried to keep a few of them back in Nigeria. And by God's grace, I've succeeded. Mm. And how I do it is by just telling the truth. I watch something from an American news station sometimes, plus my old knowledge. And I just tell them. Like that day, I had just come across that about 17,000 homicides. Some, that's in July, not August. I don't think August was included. About that number had already happened of people being shot dead for nothing. But ask Nigerians how many Americans do you think have been shot dead since the beginning of the year? They will say maybe 200 or 300. That's how far away from reality Nigerians are. So I have to keep bringing to them international news. I have to tell them, do you know what? That in the week they blew up, they shot a train up in Kaduna, that in Israel, the week before, that same week, five, there were five such attacks. It's not because I hate Israel. I have to tell them because all it's awash. I'm not even on social med- media, barely. It's awash with cursing. They cross their country and curse it and curse it and say it's useless. Meanwhile, top-notch countries are suffering the same or worse, All right. So I'm not anti-America at all. But I will still have to watch it and know how I put this across so people don't understand. And you Nigerians, please, tell your brethren that America is not the bus stop on the way to heaven, please. You are utterly wrong. And it is because of you that I may get into trouble with our brethren. Do not put me into trouble with our brethren outside. You know I seek to be a blessing to everybody. You know how much you know, that very week before. And, you know, you know how we have ministered to people outside the country, how we pray for them, how we reach out, evangelize. We go out of our way. Okay, you've seen me, all of those in the family meetings. You've heard me. <laughs> you've seen how I quarrel with you guys for not preaching and sharing the truth and praying for and comforting. I've told you so many times that there are a lot of people in pain all around the world and that we should reach out to them. You know all of this. The people online may not know. I don't discuss a lot of those things here, you know. So, understand this, um, that we love you guys and we wish you the best. Please do not ever misunderstand. Rather, you can question and uh, we will answer, all right? If I say anything that seems off. The second thing I heard, this is important, uh, was that if you have an accident or emergency, that they will treat you, okay, there's no... They won't turn you back, that there's a law. Do you hear that? That there's a law against turning back someone that may have had an accident. You know, you won't bleed out, bleed to death. All right? So they said there's a law. And I was talking about uh, insurance, remember? Okay? So that's important to note. So I would say maybe half I was wrong, half of the way. Because my emphasis wasn't on that. My emphasis, how many of you heard me say that people die from lack of med? You heard me say that phrase. I say meds. That's medication, you know. And I don't think I am wrong on that. I know that people refuse. The thing is that you have to pay. If you don't have insurance, you pay for your treatments. And sometimes people will rather not go into debt. Why? Because you may not, your house may be seized and sold. Yeah. And you live on the streets. Something that is much more common there than here. You live on the streets. Very many normal people, graduates, can be found living on the streets, not having a house at all, no place to be, living in tents, small tents. And I talked about democratic cities, and I talked about things like that. So part of that, and I've misconveyed something, but so know it, you know, to, I was point. I had it uh, said to me from at least two people, I mean, uh, people shared with me and said, oh, this is what um, this uh, listener shared, and this other one said, Yes, they were 10. But one mate said it a bit better. I think she's a nurse, you know, and she talked about how, how you know, that but people, this whole thing about lack and all that, and how you pay for it, all of that stuff. She, she just went deeper, which was part of what I had in mind that they may treat you, but there are situations where, no, you go to the dentist. You can't afford it. The dentist sends, can send you away. It's not an emergency. Are you understanding? You can have eye trouble and not have enough money to handle it because you don't have insurance. All right? But for emergencies, there's a bit of difference. Is this where? Okay, I hope you've been educated, courtesy of our international brethren, a bit better. Thank you and sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> now, let's finish. Let's begin to wrap up. What have you heard today? Let's go, let's finish Hebrews, then we touch 2 Corinthians and let's see in 30 minutes what we can do. If you do not experience Hebrews 12.8, if you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. You are illegitimate children and not true sons. Do you hear that? How many of you know that women bring forth sons, children, women bring forth seed? So when it says "Christ loves and disciplines the one he loves," inside the woman, the church are sons. Is this clear? So how Christ treats the church affects what brings forth. You don't want to be illegitimate children, children that have no standing. They have no father's name. King James says bastards." So when they call your name, they say, eh, eh, "Michael, nobody. I want to get papa now. I want not have a father.") <laughs> Uh the mother, the mother, we don't know where, the mother is a prostitute, we don't know where the child came from. That's an illegitimate child. You don't want to be that. The scriptures say, if you are not disciplined, this is what you are. Now, do you want to be that? Therefore, it brings us right back to the fact that we must rejoice when we are disciplined. You have to rejoice when you're disciplined. It shows you have a father. You should be bothered that nobody disciplines you and pitch on this very main time. You have to be. Now, if you always run from discipline, when discipline comes, you take off running. When discipline comes, you get offended. What kind of child are you? Did they pick you up from the street? The child that nobody cares what they do, whether they steal or lie or cheat, hmm. is a child to repeat it. Verse 9 says, Furthermore, we have all had, had... Go to verse 10. He says we should submit to the Father of Spirits and live. Our fathers disciplined us for a short time as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. Use another word for that. That we may share in his... Use another word for holiness. He may share in his sanctification. Remember, sanctification comes through discipline or suffering. This is why James said you should... Rejoice. Count it pure joy. His reason was because you are being made holy. Your soul is being saved. You have been justified by his blood. Now the truth is sanctifying your soul, setting you free. That's why he said rejoice. He understood it. Today you must rejoice. Understand it. This is what he does to the one he loves. So we may share in His holiness. Be ye, first Peter one. Be ye holy as I am holy. Verse fifteen. Let's see, first Peter chapter one. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Okay. For it is written, verse sixteen. Be holy because I am holy. All. Be sanctified because I am sanctified. And John 7, 17 verse 7 says, Sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. These are not errors. These are straightforward processes and mysteries hidden in scripture that when you study it and see, you see. So you are justified here, but he wants you to be washed, sanctified, like Ephesians 5, verse 25. He says that he might wash her, might sanctify her and present her blameless. The one he loves, his bride, his wife, the church. Now the bride is the one that will be extracted from the church like Esther. So it's not all of the church, unfortunately. Many are called. Few are chosen. Esther was called with many other maidens, but only Esther was Chosen. What is the ecclesia? The called out ones. This is what you call the church. But only few will be chosen. And the way there is through the truth, which will make them free. Receive with humility the implanted word, which will qualify you for sanctification. Hope makes not ashamed. When you're undergoing shame due to disgrace for Him, you hope. There, that this thing you're going through, it will make you unashamed because you have hope. You know, one day, these people torturing you, you will rule over them. One day, one day, Isaac, who is mocking you, mocking you, you will rule over him. He will be kicked out. There's a message from what? The Morningstar Company, kick out Ishmael. Ishmael will be kicked out. The son of Hagar will be kicked out with his mother. And the son of promise will be retained with his mother. Question, who is your mother? If she's not being disciplined, I am sorry, you're with the wrong mother. Do you remember when Hagar was disciplined by Sarah? Oh, talk to me. Don't do this. What did she do? She ran away because she was not bearing a son carrying within her a son which would be received. Are you hearing me? But when Sarah was pushed here and there by Abraham, did she run away? She stayed faithful. When he said, go ahead, don't tell them, don't tell them. Don't tell them I'm your husband. She stayed faithful. When they oppressed Hagar small, the Bible says she ran away. The angel of the Lord had to appear to her and say, where are you going? And say, go back, go back. Go and submit to your mistress. The ability to submit. That run, she wanted to run. Eventually, they sent her away. They told her, yeah. The Lord wants us to stay on that discipline. He tells you in this Hebrews that next verse. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. Is this okay? So what follows? Therefore, strengthen your limp hands and weak knees. Are you seeing this? Make straight paths for your feet. Are you seeing the path, the way? So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Pursue peace with everyone as well as holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Peace as well as holiness. All this second phase, progression to the final. Pursue this. You can't stand here and pursue what you're in. I cannot pursue the spot I am standing on. I pursue the next level. Jesus got you this for free when you believed. Now, pursue, pursue. Go forward to the peace dimension, to the holy place, to the truth, to the restoration, sanctification of your soul that you might be considered chosen. Ask here, but seek here. Pay this price. And you will be amongst those Who, if you endure to the end, that's what he said to the women in 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2 verse, what, 15? That's what he was saying to them. You will be saved, women, the church. The women called, like Esther, all those women. If you will continue, continue, continue in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a progression, hoped for. That's not something present. That's something you, in the future, hope. Faith looks forward. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. You have not seen it yet. So it cannot be here. It is forward as you press towards this. If you continue in faith, love, and holiness with Self-control, you want to understand this better? And I won't say it now. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Read it all the way to verse 11. Write it down, go and read it. It says, add to your faith. What? <laughs> virtue and add to virtue. Knowledge and add to knowledge. Self-control. So it's a progression. It's the seven steps to learn. We have a diagram for that, but it's not here it's in our school of ministry. You know, please drop it online. Let those that don't have it see it. Just drop it online. Put it out on our halls and all that. That picture. You know, the seven steps to love. It's a multi-step progression. You are meant to climb it. It's constantly upwards and further. Anyone that tells you, calm down, be contented here. That person wants you Disqualified. That is not your friend. That person is saying you will be saved without childbirth. Oh, you better bring forth an Isaac. Ah, you better. You, there better be fruit in your life. You must bring forth these things. You must bring forth these things. This is what will result in the salvation of your soul and the salvation of your body. That's the second and third level salvational process. It starts with your spirit, but it must continue with your soul and end with the salvation of your body. It's called the redemption of your body. When all of them will be born anew, transformed, new creatures, blameless. First Thessalonians 5, it tells you it's your spirit, soul, and body that must be blameless. Is this clear? Now, let's see how this applies to our study. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Follow me closely because we are pretty much almost just reading through. We stopped at verse five last week. Okay, that's what we've been studying, but all of that was laying a foundation. Watch with me. I think verse five or six. Step back to five. Let was it four? Okay, we no, we went we at six or so. But let me read from here. I consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles. Although I am not a polished speaker, I am certainly not lacking in knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every way possible. Keep going. Was it a sin for me to humble myself in order to exalt you? See an apostle here that used to humble himself. Why did he humble himself? I just finished showing you. He allowed his flesh to be broken. Why? To exalt the church in Corinth. He humbled himself, accepting whatever his God told him. He received with meekness the instructions of God to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Because of doing that, he was, when you allow your flesh, the veil to be torn, your flesh to be broken for others, you allow suffering, you endure suffering for others. Listen, when God teaches you how to make money, but you make the money to give it out. When God gives you three cars and you're giving out, the cards, and using just the one you need. When God gives you a big house or multiple houses and you give them out to people that don't have houses, you are endured as opposed to keeping and keeping and keeping, you are allowing your veil to be torn. You are allowing yourself to be broken. You could go into a place and they say, ah, that man, very rich man, that man has 82 houses in, on one long street, him alone. Why? Because every income he made, He used it and bought more land, bought more houses, bought, bought, bought. But another person got that had one or two houses and was using the other money and sending people to school. Sponsoring, assisting, putting orphans and widows on a salary ahead of Charles Spurgeon. Supporting, they built houses when they would get all these prostitutes and they would repent. They would be there. Same thing with John Wesley. Their money went constantly to supporting people that came to know the Lord. This is those are people who were having their flesh broken. They could have been among the richest people. Charles Spurgeon was quite wealthy in his life. They say he left his wife two thousand pounds, which was quite some money by the time she had to sell up some furniture and all of that. What did he do with all the money? They used to give money on every seat they sat on in the Metropolitan. Uh, uh, um, you know hall that he used to hold these meetings that's how they used to do in England at that time all of you now you have paid for your seats so every meeting they had you dropped cash don't be angry don't, don't even think about it me when I read it, I didn't think about it I just love Spurgeon that's all uh, Spurgeon who knows Spurgeon who, who just likes Spurgeon raise your hand any former deeper life
1: yeah.
0: the rest of it don't be angry have I said anything against him I'm just telling you what was a practice in England. It's painting you your way. Small, you're like again. wait till they always do this past? So I think always go come up, something come. where person? If you love the truth, he will make you free. He used to smoke a pipe too. I think he used to do it to annoy people. <laughs> DL Moody told him. How can you, a preacher, smoke a pipe? I went to see him, the great preacher of England. Wah, wah. The man is holding his pipe in his hand. <laughs> the man said, How can you, a preacher, be this part and eat so much? <laughs> Again, I was not there. It is said to have happened. I mean, it's believed to have happened that C.S. <laughs> Lewis of Nania fame. Amazing man, he used to carry a pipe in his mouth. Listen, before you get too angry, David married more than one wife. Is that okay? So cool down, cool down, cool down. Have you cooled down? Or you need more? I should spoil three more people's names before you have peace. Leave it alone. When you go and kneel them by bed, ask the Holy Spirit what to do. If I catch you doing any nonsense in this church, <laughs> you will know that what you know, people did not know. You will not. Don't do any. To whom much is, much is expected. Paul humbled himself. He broke himself down. He went down. Those men could have lived large, been very wealthy, acquired much property and land. They could have kept wealth for grandchildren like any of the great lords, driven around in carriages anyhow, lived wealthily. They did not. They allowed... They, they humbled themselves. They met their needs. They, they weren't struggling. They didn't laugh food to eat. It said one time Spongeon was going to travel on a, a trip. He went and used first class, you know, and one man said, how can you enter first class? This does not mean you should fly first class. Though. But neither am I going to come and quarrel if a pastor flew first class. What is your problem? Do you think 60-something thousand is any money to some people? What is your problem? Leave some people alone. When someone... One Sunday's on offer maybe six million. What is your problem? Sixty-four thousand flight, you'll be shouting. Give them alone. You can quarrel if they buy the flame. That but... <laughs> leave them alone. General. Why Why? you flex life first class? Let him go and squeeze. Where they sit, three, three. Four, four. Why? It just makes you happy. And the other side they paid twenty, six thousand. How can he add a whole 20,000, 30,000 on top? Is he godly? No, service said 40,000 15 change life. If you would do the same thing, maybe I'll join you and quarrel. since you likely will not. Since you, are if, uh, since you only say because you can't afford it, I cannot join you and put mountain in things like that, knowing that. So, it's not those kinds of things. That's very different. If, you know, again, I'm not saying now, what do I think I would do? I'll probably not, okay, I'll probably manage. And I'll probably not fly internationally first. I'll probably not cough up 1 million to fly outside the country if I could pay 300, 400,000. I'll probably not do a thing like that. I hope I, hope I would never do a thing like that. I'm hoping. But sometimes it's not even them that do it, people do it for them. Sometimes people, I hope you know many times preachers, people book their plates. Or you think they sit there and say, hey, bring that computer. Mm-mm. Now they could give instructions, but sometimes it's not them that bought the ticket. It's the people inviting them to preach. Do you understand? And if you really, really want to stop them, you have to tell them ahead. You have to tell your PA. Whenever someone invites me, tell them never to book like ahead. And that's what I may do if I'm in that situation. Because I think, no, 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 don't waste money like that. No, 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 no. In, in this your country, three-star hotel, four-star hotel is enough. I don't have to sleep in a five-star hotel. In fact, if there's a very nice brother or sister who will not disturb me, who will have a very nice room with space and no small children, okay, not too many small children, maybe I'll come and stay in your house. I'll probably prefer that so I can be a blessing to that household. At least, my before I leave, God will tell me one or two things for you. Ah. So, those are my reasons. But I'm not going to go into condemning those who, you know, who... But again, to be honest, some people, they tasted the good life, the life of luxury, and they are addicted to it, and it is not right. You shouldn't. If you're a servant of all of you, as you grow up, I'm sorry. Because I was your pastor, I will come after you if you do it. I won't attack the others, but you. When me, a human being, give birth to somebody, come out looking like a monkey... I will I will check what you are. Say hey, who born you? Who born you? Who born you? <laughs> who born monkey? <laughs> I can't remember the details, but there was a joke like that. Who born you? That hey, monkey not born you. I'm not a monkey. You come out there. <laughs> you explain why you are like that. Say no, no. You know a Christian has to use the top quality. Eh, eh. It'll be personal. I'll pray. There will be bed bugs on your own chair. When you land after 14 hours flight, you have spots all over. When you come out in your hotel room, you'll be checking your you don't you know, understand why there are things all over your leg. You remember, ah, Pastor Eta, text me with bed bugs in 2022. Don't forget it. He humbled himself. Please, be someone who humbles. Spurgeon entered for prayer. And the man said, how could you? And he said, if I don't keep this body well, so I can use it to pray. There's a way the man said it, and there's a way he answered it. was very, you know, Spurgeon could really talk. He was a master of speech. They call him the prince of features. He was really, I, I really like him. I think he really stood for truth. Some of the things he fought up to the time, at the time everybody turned against him. He was so sad. But he was telling the truth. He was a very correct man, <coughs> very correct person. I think. He said, I humbled myself in order to exalt you because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. So there are those who charge for preaching, but Paul did not. He didn't demand. He was referring to some so-called super apostles who definitely charged. And Paul is now saying, wait, you people are following these people to be attacking me. Oh, is it because I didn't charge you? Oh, because I humbled myself so I could exalt you. Wow. It's like when you're trying to get someone to follow God, to know God, and you're willing to pay any price, you spend your own money. You use your own money, and then they despise you. They treat you lightly. It's something that happens. I know God allows it to test us, but it's something that happens. Someone invites you, come and preach, and treats you very shoddily, And someone else, whom they are begging to come and tells them, okay, before I come, put 500000 in my account, they treat you with great honor. Then you, you go to preach to them. You spend your own hundreds of thousands for them. And they treat you short. It's a a disease that happens to babies. If you read 1 Corinthians 3, you understand that the Corinthian church was a baby church. They were very carnal. So they don't understand things properly. When they see humility, they despise it. When they see pride, they honor it. That's the extent to which you know God. When you see something that doesn't look like Jesus, you honor it. When you see something that looks like Jesus, you despise it. It's a very easy way. It's how you judge those who truly know the Lord and those who don't. Why do you honor what God despises? Why do you despise what God honors? Because you don't know the mind of God. It's a simple, simple, logical conclusion you can make. So he keeps talking. I robbed other churches by accepting their support in order to serve it. Do you see, for those who always say, Paul, Never leaned on anybody. They are those extremes always. No. He collected from other churches. He went on to use strong language and say, I robbed them. Now we know he did not rob them. We know it means that he received support. He could have said, no, 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 you guys don't worry. But he accepted it. Included in the list of churches he accepted support from is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. Go and read it. It's the church in Macedonia, otherwise known as Philippi. And the Bible tells you in this 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 that they were in deep poverty. He calls it robbing. By accepting offerings of very poor people and allowing a rich church and not collecting offerings. Because in 1 Corinthians, he tells you, this 2 Corinthians, he said, I decided that I will not collect any offerings from the church in Corinth. I don't know why he did that, but he did it. But he was receiving from other churches, including wretched churches. He was receiving offerings from them. Read the book of Philippians. You see there too, chapter 4. He said, no other church sent me support at that time except you guys. He told the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. He said, you guys, it is time for you to grow up into another level of grace, the grace of giving. And he pointed out to them that, yes, all this time I've not told you guys to give, but now you have to grow up. It's time to give. Do you understand? So this church, he treated them like babies. He treated them like very young. And we do this sometimes. When you truly love people, you look at them and you say, what will I do that may make this one? Start doubting or questioning my calling or gifting. So you purposely give up your rights. If you want to know his rights, go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He tells you his rights as an apostle. He says, I have a right. He, t- he tells them, he said. No one goes to war at his own cost. There's no reason I should be preaching to you from my own money. No way. Then I did not. So I've given you the passages. For those who don't know, we've explained these things in many other opportunities we had, okay? So go read First Corinthians 9. Read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Read them. You will understand what you're reading here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said he did it in order to serve the Corinthian church. Now watch what we've learned today. And when I was with you and in need, I was not a burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I have refrained. It was with them. they collecting offerings from another church. Can you imagine? Can you picture me preaching here every time, serving you, praying for you guys, doing, leading you in all the leadership? Then the church, beneath the floor beneath us, is their offerings they collect and bring to me. And I say, thank you. And I, when I'm here, I say, no offering. Don't worry. Keep your offerings. Enjoy. How ridiculous was that? But that's what was happening with Paul. While he was with them, the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied his needs. Supplied. They were carrying, bearing his needs. That's amazing. But it happened. He's, he's telling the people he happened to. He's saying, you even know this. I have refrained from being a burden to you in any way. And I will continue to do so as surely as the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. This current was in the region known as Achaia. He said, this boasting, I'm going to boast that I never took money from you guys. And he, he stood by it. Paul was a very tenacious man. He stood by it. Okay? Maybe this is part of what someone said that he, what Paul did is not in the character of Christ. Does Christ Took money from the people he was ministering to. When they gave Christ money, he didn't reject it. Hmm? When the people around Jesus in Luke chapter eight supported his ministry, he didn't say no. So Paul is pointing out something. It's going somewhere. As soon as the truth, okay, verse eleven. Come on, keep going. Why? Because I do not love you. Is it because I don't love you that I'm not making? What do you do to the one you love? You discipline. And he's asking them, do you think it's because I don't know? you that I was not putting you on that discipline and all of that? God knows I do, but I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to undercut those who want an opportunity to be regarded as our equals in the things of which they boast. So he's doing this with this intention. There are those who were trying to undercut Paul and, ba- and his fellow ministers, they were trying to reduce them and say, listen to me, me and Paul, we are the same. You, I take offerings, Paul takes offerings. I do this, Paul foresaw it. Before these super apostles arrived. he foresaw it. And he decided, you know what? I'm not going to give you guys that opportunity. I'm going to act differently from you. Even though it is not wrong to take offerings and all of that, I am going to deliberately not take it here. They will know that me and you, we are not equal in this place. You, these people, a lot of what they're doing, they are doing it for financial gain. Paul was not doing it for financial gain. Corinth was a city of revelry. It was like Las Vegas in America. It was the happening place for jolification. If they abused you and said you're a real Corinth, it meant you're a you're a hedonist, you're a very pleasure-loving person, an immoral person. It was a place of great wealth. He didn't want that greed that comes with such places to latch onto him. Verse 12. For such 12. Okay. 13. <coughs> For such men are Paul's apostles deceitful workers you see what he called them he called them super apostles first then he clarified that they are actually false apostles deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of christ he didn't say they were not christians or men of god he said they are masquerading as what apostles so they are false apostles i've explained these things before just like when the bible says false prophet it does not mean the person is not a christian It means they are pretending to be prophets or that God has given them a message to deliver when God did not give them a message. They may be real teachers. They may be a real evangelist. Then they try to present the facade of I am a prophet. I bring words from God as a messenger. God calls them false prophets. Is this clear? Mm. They are bringing messages and insisting that they carry messages from God and they bring out 10 things that will happen this year, and none do. But you wait for their next year's 10. Because you don't understand the scriptures. Most of the body of Christ don't understand these kinds of things at all. At all. If you even explain it, they'll get offended. Imagine if I start getting specific and saying, do you know, this so and so servant of God is a false apostle. Or oh, he's a real evangelist, but he's not an apostle. So when he says he's an apostle, he's a false apostle. Do you understand this? It's like saying this guy is a false female. Does he mean he's not a male? He's a false female. He dresses up. A drag queen dresses up, puts on a wig and all of that. Bob Risky is a false female. Do you understand that? Is he a male? Yes. But he pretends to be a female. So that's what it means. Is this clear to someone? I'm not saying there are not people that are fake through and through. There are people that are not born again. And claiming to be preachers. They are not even born again. I'm not talking about them. All right? But there are those who are real servants of God. They are real preachers. They are real whatever they are. But they pretend to be what they are not. You are not supposed to receive such a... I showed you this before in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, where it says the church in Ephesus tested those who claim to be apostles, but and found them to be false. It doesn't mean they were not servants of God. It doesn't mean when they prayed, people were not healed. Are you listening? An apostolos, which is the word apostle in English, is a sent one. It means that that message they came with, God did not send them. It's why I, for example, don't go anywhere if God doesn't tell me to go. I'm not interested in being known. There are many false apostles. They are going everywhere. God never commissioned them and told them, go. I want you to go around spreading my truth. He never sent them. You don't understand. He is teaching them. Some of them are still being trained. It's like Peter and James and John leaving Jesus after one year of his being with them and saying, Lord, that time he sent them out two by two. They write him a letter and say, Lord, I found my own calling. Do you understand? I found my own calling. Thank you for the things I learned from you. You always be a father to me. Thank you. God will bless you, but I believe I'll take it from here. God bless you and your ministry. Please, please greet Andrew from me and Philip. And then they continue. Remember, he had breathed on them and given them power to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. So what will they do? They'll be healing the sick, raising the dead, and cast out demons. Can you now understand Matthew 7? When they say, Lord, Lord, he says, I don't know you. They say, Lord, in your name, I cast out demons, I prophesied, and I did great miracles. Say, I don't know you. Depart from me, you lawless one. I don't know you. You are lawless. You're not under law, under rule. You run, your way. I sent you out. You are still in training. You went from there. Why? Because you saw the other man of God, how crowds gathered to him. Because you saw the other one, how people give his, him cars. Because you heard how someone built a house for this one. Because you heard, you heard, you heard, you heard, and you want to enter into your season. Say season. Season of being seasoned. (laughs) Okay, I couldn't, I just fell. Let me come back to preaching. That was a four. You, because you want to to beat, you have watched him, but you forget that this ogre served for seven years, for 20 years, for 15 years. In fact, it doesn't matter how long. He only left when God sent him out. And the person God put him under, like the Lord Jesus said, come kneel down here. The Lord has told me it is time for you to go forth. Go! In Jesus' name. You you didn't wait for any such thing. You came up with theories like, are you saying God does not call people personally? And God says, you know the God who knows everything. He knows what he told you and what he did not tell me. He knows. Listen, there are two ways, I know, major ways people are sent out. One, the servant of God is paying attention to God. He has stayed humble. I'm giving two major ways. There might be other subsets. Come, in Jesus' name. Everyone stretch your hands. These brethren, Paul and Barnabas, Acts chapter 13, sent forth by the Holy Spirit. Everyone supports them. They know it is God that said they should go. Set aside Paul and Barnabas for And then there's the other one, where your organ begins to throw javelins, uses you for target practice. <laughs> You're always, you know, doing matrix <laughs> You spend your life being new. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second way people are sent for today. i I'm their calling. I'm are you hearing me? If it's not this one, it's the other one. Okay? So don't be offended. When the person you're serving and you have not wronged them, not the one that you're disobeying others and disrespecting and proud. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's your own. I'm not talking to those kinds of people. I mean the one you're faithful like David, fighting the battles of your Lord, So You are. There's nothing, anything that anyone says about it is a lie. If it's wrong, you are true and honest. But because God has poured his oil on you and the person over you sees that you have a greater ministry than them. Possibly, whatever that means. Because there's nothing like greater ministry. Whatever God told you to do. The word ministry is service. So I don't know what is a greater service. Service is service. You pound the yam. You go and fetch water. Or go and buy drinks. Visitors are coming which one is greater? Buying drinks or pounding the yam? Which one? Which one do you prefer? Buying the drinks? Because you don't have to pound the yam, you can be tasting it. You know those parts that don't break up, you have to remove it. Okay, be there. <laughs> do not muzzle the horse that treats corn. Can you open the drink and taste? <laughs> yes, You have sense in Jesus' name. (laughs) All right, so the truth of the matter is that everyone has his time, and there's a way. When it was David's time to move, I'm sure he couldn't hear the palace life was sweet. I mean, they had given him the king's daughter to marry. Habba, habba. His wife had to help him escape through the window. The wife put something inside, covered it with blankets, and said, "Leave. my husband is so sick, he's not moving. King Saul said, bring him with the bed. Who has read this before? They carried the bed. Have you ever heard such a thing? With the (laughs) bed. If his wife did not conspire and buy him time for him to run, it was a sign to go. So sometimes you are commissioned like that. When your ogre that God brought you to begins to attack you day and night attack you in public, attack you, attack you. I'm not saying you cannot be rebuked publicly. In fact, many of you, that's what you need. Don't worry, I've been asking for God to give me grace to love you with the same love. Okay, so, some of it, I mean, it doesn't matter. The important thing, is it fake, is it wrongful attack? Not. I'm not talking about a guilty person. If it is wrongful over and over again and they are seeking to destroy you, it is almost certainly time for you to move. Don't ask all those. You know, I've told you many times, David left and came back, went and used the lobby, the Jonathan lobby. I don't mean good luck, Jonathan. I mean uh, Jonathan Ben-Saul. ben Shaw. You know, he used the Jonathan lobby and said, please beg your father for me. I've not done anything now. Leave all those bad, bad, wicked, evil men. He didn't know that the evil man was his, okay, wasting his time. Rich evil man. And he came back. Saul said he can come back. And as he was sitting there one day playing music, he started to look like a target, like a target. You know how? You know, I don't know if it was a vision. You know, so Saul just saw something right saying, you know that button in a video game that points at the place to attack? Bing, 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 bing. So Saul said, Wow, a target. <laughs> Boom! Thank God for the metrics. <laughs> After that time, he sent his lobby again. The lobby, the three speared. <laughs> At the time, the lobby, the lobby came and told him, said, you know better, go, no, don't bother, no need. The king was so mad that on this guy's way as he was running, he stopped by the priest and said, do you have any bread there, anything for the boys? The priest who thought he's on an assignment for King Saul, Saul came there and killed him and then killed his wife, then killed his brothers and uncles and their wives and their children and their goats and their cows and their cats. They killed everything they had. They wiped. It was a whole city known as the city of the priests. No. He killed everything in it. Is that the person you wanted to go and reason with? Or what do you think? Is that someone you want to be serving? His soldiers refused. He said, kill the priest. They refused to pull out their sword. They disobeyed the king outright. And Ammonite or Moabite, Deog, a foreigner who did not fear the God of Israel, is the one that took his knife and killed everybody by himself. Have you heard before, evil company, corrupts humanity? When you have Deog for company, you do things you shouldn't do. It is this same solo. So they are, are guys. That God gives madness. When it is time. Just check. See, listen. David shall have left sins From the moment his Oga had an evil spirit moving. Listen, listen, listen. When your ogre who used to have the spirit of God come on him. Starts to have demon spirits. When he passes, instead of saying, how are you? How are you? How are you? He starts saying, fine girl. Come now. Come to my room. Don't say eh, let me check and see what's happening with my man of God. Uh-uh. There's an evil spirit in play. Mm? Say oh so, my, sorry, my my phone, my, my phone. <laughs> just 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 pass from there. Just just become like a kangaroo. <laughs> Any stupid hope in you uh, that uh, uh, I don't know? He's so- David was there. Bling, 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 bling. The thing came on him the first time. The Bible says you prophesy. When your God stands up in the house, your God that used to stand up and says, you know, today I had a dream. I saw he was very correct. And then suddenly, yesterday night, Samuel came to your house and anointed you. The Spirit of God came on you. The Bible says the Spirit of God came on him. And an evil spirit moved over on the other guy. That is the unction to rule moves like this. And then there was a a space. And demons told themselves, is there say say, room there? If there say vacancy there. So maybe Saul gets up and wants anointing as usual. Leadership anointing. And the Holy Spirit has moved. So demons pretend. Have you not heard test the spirits to see whether they have God? (laughs) He moves in. So man of God comes out and he's saying weird things. This is your wonderful man of God. Now he's talking upside down. I saw you like my second wife. You're next, you're coming. But it's one by one, don't worry. Riches for you, riches. He prophesied deep morning devotion. The Lord is saying, Everybody in this church, 75,000, 75, 75, 75. 75,000. They start bringing all sorts of words. Everybody sits there and says, if you know how real, some of you will have the torment of being shown this person. It's good torment. It's not the bad Some of you, this thing, I'm, you see this thing I'm saying here? Yeah, you're going to be sitting, watching someone in a place, in a meeting. You will see this story of people's lives like this. Then you have to decide what you shall do. God will show you, just take you back and show you where the spirit of God was swapped with an evil spirit, and the man did not test it. And all his prophetic words went upside down. Sometimes people ministry is just like that. Fantastic grace of God. Then everything seems to be crooked. And everybody keeps saying, No, now, no, now, no, leave it. Who are you to speak against the man of God? Leave it. When God told him, Petro, everything he's saying is contrary to the Bible. It's like from that time he went for that. It's from that. It's from that time Jesus has so laid hands on him. It's from that. Oh, don't collect. He does not know. <laughs> His own father in the Lord, or he, refusing to sit with the father of spirit, has refused to learn enough that he too can be deceived. He has told himself, I can never be deceived. He has read First John 4 and says, it's not, it can never be me. I can never mistakenly, be deceived by an evil spirit. But the apostle, John, said that you can be deceived. Jesus said to his apostles that they could be deceived. The major way of being deceived, think you can't be deceived. You're a prime candidate candidate for deception. Too many servants of God have made this mistake, and that's how an evil spirit came on them. They, sometimes they notice, if you don't know what I'm gisting you about, Please go and read the book of 1 Samuel. You will see clearly that it is possible for you. He tells you clearly that Saul, an evil spirit came on him, and he tells you he would prophesy. That's the word he said. It will, it will be bubbling out of him. So that like how he comes out in the morning, comes, holds your hand, drags you out from your seat. Near down here, near down here. Go and bring oil, go and bring oil, bring oil. You bring some sand. Stuff it down your mouth. And everybody will be, Instead of grabbing the man of God and dragging to his room. Did you ever see him behave like this before? No. Anything he does is God. Anything he does is God. May there be a generation that has sense and believes the word of God. But how can you, when you don't even know the word of God, how can you know I've gone mad? How can you know? Saul was a mad king, he had an evil spirit. The people were still, is that evil spirit that told him, kill every priest? Only one person escaped. Abiata. What can you imagine? He wiped out a city of God's consecrated priest. Which sign again are you looking for? They say you're still serving. You're seeing the man of God doing immoral, wicked things. He calls you and says, Come. Normal. You are saying, Michael, come. Go and call Turchi. Uh-uh. Where's the report on this thing? Come, you, come and sit down. Touch you, what's this? Wait, 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 wait. He now tells you around 10 at night as we are leaving. He said, take my car now. Go and pick. Find Nkechi. Drop me here first. Drop me here first. Right? And he dropped you at one hotel. Then he sends you to go and bring Ketchy. Then he gives you transport money to use boats and go. <laughs> what kind of ministry do you think is about to take place now? These laughing people are laughing. Is this thing happening everywhere? Yes. And you're still saying, No, God time you to be a disciple. When God punishes you, you all might be more. Because the demons worrying Oga are big demons. It's not small demons that disturb big men of God. But if demon, you is not even any demon. You're just very stupid. You'll be punished for being that stupid. You're not even stupid. You're evil. Instead of driving, don't so catch this house and ask him, Mke-chi, Mke-chi, this one they are asking for you, why? Mke-chi, why does why pastor saying you should come to your hotel overnight? night? And she says, what? Don't be asking me questions. Why didn't you ask pastor? That will not be part of you people's evil. God, I hope you know how to drive. Take the car, Tell them And you take the boats with the money. Make sure you always collect the money and go home. So you're not walk home by 11 o'clock. Go home. When he calls you, Mike, where are you? Said the Lord intercepted me. <laughs> Lord intercepted me. Like the angel when Balaam was on a donkey, the Lord intercepted me. I don't want to die, sir. I don't want to die. Sir, I don't want to die young, sir. Then go home, write a letter. You shouldn't be able to sleep if you're a normal human being. Write a letter. Write, 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 Say whatever you need to say. Deliver it to him. In the next day, while he's in the church meeting, as you're sitting behind, him, he goes, You know, some of you, I found him in the gutter of life. And he starts throwing Japanese <laughs> I should tell you, you should find your way. You check the madness, does it continue? Now, you can wait for one or two days. You're checking the madness level. Then, once it passes, what are you doing there? When they kill you, when they send assassins after you, you know. You better move like this and <laughs> shift, run for your life. How many people enable? Why am I preaching? We say, Is this what we're looking at? Who is this now? Someone God wants to punish somewhere. How to be punished by God successfully? We haven't visited this series for a long time. Help a man of God commit suicide. Help a man of God. Be, be do the Ammonites. Is he an Ammonite or a Moabite? Ammon and Moab we're brothers. D-O-E-G, that is his name. If there's not a mixture of his name, because sometimes these things are mixed. Anyways, just understand, it doesn't matter. Please go and check it yourself. What? Edomite. Ah, not even be Moabite or Ammonite. Nah, Edomite. Full character, flesh character. That's a fleshly character. Full fleshly character. And Edomite, the flesh. Picture you know Edomites, Esau, those who hate the things of the spirit. That's why I was so happy to wipe out all the, all the priests of God because they represent the spirit realm. Carnal people don't have anything to do with wicked and godless people. They, they will help destroy him. Look at someone came to David and told him, this is the crown of King Saul. I'm the one that struck him. He was wicked. Saul, David said they should kill the guy. Kill him. Kill him. Kill this guy. You were not afraid to touch the Lord's anointed. In summary, you even wonder, because the story is not too clear in the Bible. It's like, even though he was dying, you were not afraid. God carried, God touched him. So even though Saul was so wicked, look at how much sense David had. He still wouldn't touch him. Like, no, he said, when he dies, someone else will kill him, or God will kill him himself, me. God no, it's like when I always tell God, please don't use me, ah, God, don't use me to do certain things. I'm right. Those, there are those to do it. Mm. They are those to do it. God can send you to deal with certain people, but there are people He should never send you to kill your father. No, someone else will have to handle that job. I've told you these things before. You should know it. False apostles. No wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their action. How will your end be? In accordance with... Is the scripture saying that people's end will be in correspondence with their action? It will correspond to their actions? So what should we do? We should handle our end or we should handle our action. You better watch your actions Because your end will correspond to it. All those who teach you that your actions have nothing to do with your end are not your friends. You better know who your friend is. When your father, spiritual or otherwise, tries to shape you, shape your actions, better know your end is what he or she is trying to shape. It is not your actions they are trying to shape. They are trying to shape and determine and give you a successful end. How dare you fight and oppose and reject someone that is trying to give you a good end? Read your books. Show respect. Submit to authority. Be hardworking. Don't tell lies. Don't steal. Be generous. All those things. Anyone who does, you can know what will give you a good end. Read your Bible. Anyone that tells you to do the opposite of what will give you a good end is not your friend. Even if it's your fellow sibling, even if it's one of your parents, even if it's your friend, even if it's your cousin, uncle, who gives you the most money, then he's telling you to do something you shouldn't do. Anyone that teaches you to do wrong actions is trying to give you a bad end. Whoever tells you to do good actions will give you a good end. Is this fair? I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then receive me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. We are ending with this reading. Keep going. In this confident boasting of mine, I'm not speaking as a lord but as a fool. Since many are boasting according to the flesh, I too will boast. Watch him boast now. For you gladly tolerate fools, since you are so wise. Sarcasm. Am I sensing sarcasm here? Yeah. Okay. That means I'm a real Christian. Once in a while, I... In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or exalts himself or strikes you in the faith. To my shame, I concede that we were too weak for that. Speaking as a fool, however, I can match what anyone else dares to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham. So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am speaking like I am out of my mind, but I am so much more. In harder labor, he's so much more what? He's much more a servant of Christ. In other words, he serves Christ even more than they. In labor, his own labor is harder. In more imprisonment. So these are the ways you can serve the Lord Christ in laboring, in imprisonment, in Worse beatings, in frequent danger of death. Is this soft? Does this look like soft (laughs) ahead? Keep going. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. That's thirty-nine. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That's floating. In my frequent journeys, I have been in danger from rivers and from bandits, in danger from my countrymen and from the Gentiles, in danger in the city and in the country, in danger on the sea and among false brothers, in labor and toil and often without sleep, in hunger and thirst and often without food, in cold and exposure, apart from these external trials. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is led into sin and I do not burn with grief? That is, if you think you're tempted to sin, what do you think Paul was feeling? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus who is forever worthy of praise knows that I am not lying. I don't think I have anything to say about all of that. Go to 217 or 18 when I preached it, Abby. 17, 18 or so. There's a message. Please dig it up, share it with them. There should be more from maybe 219 also. But listen to me, everyone. Nothing to say. So we pray and be out of here in a few minutes. Listen to me. This is our brother, Paul. This is why I don't like anyone insulting Paul. Do you feel no one should insult Paul? I don't think you should insult Paul. I think he's, he just showed you his CV. This, this is his boasting. Do you remember James says you should rejoice with pure joy of your trials? He just rejoiced. He just brought out a long CV like this. And it's like, show me on. He said, you people honor all sorts of people that oppress you. What have they gone through? Look at what I have gone through to be what I am. To serve you. I don't want to raise fools of any sort. Neither do I want to raise anyone that does not understand Christianity. If you're a money lover, you will not love me. You will not be able to endure me. Maybe you're new. Ask God to deliver you from the love of money. If you love comfort above obeying God, you will not like me. I don't encourage people to love comfort like God. I encourage everyone to obey the Lord God humbly. I believe that that is what it means to take up your cross and follow him. You are not necessarily going to suffer in the same way Paul did. Different people will suffer many things. On the day Paul was saved, at the beginning of his salvation process, did God say he's going to suffer many things? When do you God say, did they tell you that? <laughs> I'm trying to show you that it's not everyone that is called to be Job. Are you understanding? But everyone, Philippians 1 verse 29, says that is granted unto you. Anyone who believes in Christ is not just to believe in him, but also to suffer. There is no son which he receives who will not suffer. Are you understanding? But the suffering is of different types and different degrees. Do you understand? The suffering for you at this time may be that your classmates laugh at you and say, You go to that church. Many people in this church suffered that six years ago, five years ago. Coming to this church, people will call people's parents and report them. Not because they did anything bad, but just coming to God's house. He carried a stigma. We were fought very hard. For what? We know it's spiritual. Those many people stayed away because they couldn't endure the ridicule. One of our people, the lecturer, she asked the lecturer, she was outside, what did you say? The lecturer was in the car. And then she said she was attending sort or something. She came out and said, eh, a lecturer, big lecturer now, big person, and started to say all sorts of things. Question why? Those who could endure and keep coming, they've grown. They are solid in God. Those who couldn't endure the ridicule, many of them, at least, I didn't say all, I don't know all, but I do know many. They tend not to be very healthy spiritual. And in fact, many, you cannot say they are in Christ at all. So time proves the fruit. Time. Those who could endure the suffering of being ridiculed, of being oppressed, of being attacked and persecuted, one way or the other. This is a very small example. I mean, just words. In few cases where someone was beaten, flogged with a wire, bags thrown out. Few cases. Small. And before it happened, God told us, God told, said it, that this is going to happen. Pointed at the burner and said, This thing's a cross, you know, painful cross. God conveyed the message. Just understand that suffering, in the future, there will be sufferings. So I will never lie to you by the grace of God. There will be sufferings. I've told you, some of you, no one can guarantee how you go into glory, whether you be with your head. Nobody, I, I don't hide about, again, this is when you can run. You can run away, don't come back. But I advise you not to run because whether you run to, this, the truth cannot be run from. If God gives you the privilege of count you worthy, shouldn't you be happy? Losing your head is not painful. It's instant. Is maybe imprisonment is more difficult. But pow, pow, pow. Not like you feel the bullet moving in slow motion, no? You just feel, hmm, what's that? Then you just feel faint. Then things just look somehow. Then you just sleep. That's the truth. It's staying alive that is harder. So understand this. I don't know how you may go out. Some of you may need to be very old. Some of you, the trumpet will sound and you'll be caught up into the air. Whatever happens, it really doesn't matter. What matters, while you are alive now, you and me, are you humbly submitting to the master? That's all. That is your calling. That is everyone's calling. That submission will be hard sometimes. Allow your training go on. When he tells you you are going down with this brother, and this brother said, "I don't have any transport." So. You know your own house is here, but he wanted to enter again. His own house is at the end of a back road near to another local government. And you give him your money. That's a test. And you think for sure God will give me transport, and He does not. You somehow find yourself walking and arriving at your house. That suffering that your leg is paining you. Is a very little suffering, but it is suffering. Every time God leads you to do something that stresses you a bit, count it a reason to rejoice that the veil is being parted and a new and living way is being accessed. Do you understand, Mister? Why don't you stand to your feet? First of all, can you use fifteen seconds to say thank you, Jesus? Father, we are grateful for the things we have learned. Thank you for understanding and knowledge. We rejoice in your goodness. We appreciate the light. Learn to be grateful. Tell him you appreciate the light. You appreciate the light. You appreciate the light. Blessed be your name. Amen. Now I want you to pray. One prayer point. Everything we've said pointed to one thing. Do you want to go through the new and living way? This new and living way is only through the veil. You must set aside the flesh. You must be willing to part it, to break it. Your pleasure, your will must submit to God's will. And you're saying, God, I agree. Don't say it if you don't. But if you want to, you can say, God, I want to agree. If you're not bold enough to say, God, I agree. Remember, you don't know how your suffering will be. Me, I've been like doing like this, waiting for suffering for a very long time. Sometimes it seems not to come. And I'll be wondering, is this suffering? I don't even understand this. Now, some people look at me and say, wow, you've really endured. But I don't think I feel it as much. I think when you submit under God's hand, he makes things not as painful. You know, It's outsiders that sometimes tell us how much we are suffering. I'm like, eh, was he serious like that? I didn't even know. Because God gives you grit in it. How many of you have discovered you thought you'd be so much harder? You thought you'd be so much harder, but it's not... You're wondering, where, where is that thing they say out there? He said, that's what the grace of God does. It makes it easier. Are you understanding? He is with you. It's outside that standing and looking at you, saying you must be in such pain. But you that is inside the fire know that you're with Jesus Christ. Are you understanding? I want you to pray now and say, God, I welcome the new and the living way through my flesh. Pray. You have one minute. Father, we pray, help us go and do this thing. Answer everyone here who desires, good God, to walk in these things, to endure whatever they need to endure so they can please the Father and they can access his goodness. Great God, great God, great God. Answer the prayer of the one who pursues after righteousness, Answer the prayer of the one who pursues after what is good, who pursues after faithfulness and love and holiness. You have called us to pursue after holiness. Oh, great God. 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 (laughs) I must look ansa, Answer, answer, ansa answer, 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 answer. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, faithful one. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for everything we have learned tonight. You are the God of all comforts, the God of all places. This night you have encouraged us. You have exhorted us. You have comforted us in your own way. Father, ask for everyone in this house everyone outside this house, that you, the God of all, comes for to remain with us. We will know the true comfort of God that does not just rub our heads, but that disciplines and shapes us into sons of God who can be received. May none of us be rejected when the day comes. Everyone here who desires and welcomes your discipline, everyone here, who welcomes your discipline, everyone here. Thank, Thank you. Let us have the ability to be received by you. May we hear from you, well done, good and faithful servants. May we never hear the path from me, you walk of lawlessness. <laughs> then may we always remember that the path to being received is scourging and chastening. May we remember the importance of discipline May no false doctrine ever find a place to roost in our minds. Thank you. If you have an offering, take it, Father, I ask, concerning every offering that has been given or will be given, I'm asking that you receive it, let it be acceptable to you. Good God, I'm also asking that, Every giver will receive replenishment and the superabounding ability to give. And may their gifts be a seed. And let rain meet it. Let the sower have more seed to sow and let the eater have more bread to eat. Because you are the God of all parakleses, the God of all exhortation, and comfort. Go with your people. Let your angels accompany them in all their ways. Use them as a light and a sharp sword. Let your watch flow from their mouths upon others. Let them find those that have seeds buried in them, good seed, and bring them to life. And when they come across those that have bad seed, help them thrust it to death. Let the words of their mouth and the meditation of their hearts be accepted in your sight. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org